Cycling is a tough sport, and there were no tougher men on the track at the Sydney Olympics than Australians Brett Aiken and Scott McGrory. Paired together for a new event, the 240 lap Madison, they not only carried the hopes of a nation, but hearts heavy with personal tragedy. On track cycling's final night, one was already grieving the death of his infant son, while the other kept going thanks to a smile from his one-year-old daughter, recently diagnosed with a terminal illness. What happened in the months and years afterwards is both deeply private and universally inspiring. Brett, Scott, welcome to Off The Record. Thank you. Thanks Great for having us. The Sydney Olympics, you win the gold medal in the Madison. It's the final night of track cycling in your home country, and it's been a long drought. No, first in 16 years, so it was, it was special at the time and hugely emotional for, for a lot of people. But, um, yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah, we left it late, though, last night of the track cycling. Gold medal for Australia. Well, 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 well. What a superb performance. There was no luck attached to that. Nothing like winning a gold medal at home, is there? I think about that all the time, how for, for, for either of us to be in the prime of our sporting careers, to be the year of an Olympic Games, and for those Olympic Games to be a home Games. I'm incredibly privileged for that to have happened. It's one thing to win an individual medal, but um, having someone to share it with uh, is, is fantastic. And it's, it's a great thing about team sports. Um, it's a two-man team, you know, I guess, in a Madison, but uh, still having that moment is, uh, is just beautiful, you know, to, to be able to share that. Olympic champions and gold medalists, Australia. So, in the teams, the Olympic Games, did it mean anything to either of you? It did for me. I, I knew from a very young age, Olympics, Olympics was what I wanted to do. I think the crunch time was the 84 Olympics, watching Australia win gold in the team's pursuit. So you, you, you knew what you wanted yeah, to I do? Knew, yeah. I knew, yeah. I knew Olympic gold was where it was at. So I had ambitions of, of being a road cyclist, but uh, certainly I was good at the track early um, and thought that, you know, why not go to the Olympics as well and got to ride the Olympic Games as an 18-year-old kid. And win a medal in the team pursuit. Bronze medal, yeah. You know, I thought, well, if I'm 18 at an Olympic Games, my first one, well, surely I can win a gold medal somewhere down the track. There's you know, a few more Olympics that I should get to go to. Um, but, yeah, history shows I didn't get to another chance for 12 years. And but I think I'm right, one year later you go into the AOS after 88, is that right? Yeah, it was, uh, well, end of 88. Whilst at the AIS, it was discovered that you had an extraordinary aerobic capacity. Well, I scored the highest score that's ever been, as far as I know, in, in any institute in Australia. Uh, it was 93.9 mils per kilogram per minute, um, was my VO2 max. But it puts you in world elite, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I recently did a Google search to find out what, what was the, the, the highest scores ever, and there was two Finnish guys that were cross-country cross skiers, and my, my score ranked third. Of, of any, any sport, any athlete, anywhere um, in all times. There was a, only a short time you were both at the AIS together, I'm guessing. Is there, so what were your, Scott, first impressions of Brett and vice versa? Um, well, once I got past the fact that he's probably going to take my spot in the AIS, uh, just respect right from the start. Brett was one of these guys that, uh, you know, is one in a generation, pops up with an incredible amount of talent. He could always, you know, 
get in a position to win the race and had the physical ability to put himself in that position in the first place. And there wasn't anything that Scott couldn't do. He could sprint, he had endurance, he was good on the road. Funnily enough, that all came back around you know, by the time we got to uh, Sydney 2000 and, um, and it all played, played its part. The ingredients were all there. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So what you need to be a strong Madison team, what we're describing now is what we admired in each other at such an early age. Mm. They're all the, the right ingredients to make that perfect cake of a, a Madison team. Let's pick up this story about 12 months out from the Sydney Olympics. Tell me about the 99 World Championships in Berlin. We'd gone in there knowing that we're trying to qualify for the Games, yet the best way to do that is to be world champions and then by default qualify. 50 kilometres into the race, we were, we were running second. We were, very, we were coming up very close to, uh, to being in gold medal contention. Scott slung me in for a sprint and the last thing I remember was uh, being on the outside of Eton de Wilder's wheel and uh, a little flick of the wheels sent me a long way down the track. Basically, I wake up in, in a Berlin hospital and, um, and Scott, you know, in a two-man event, had to, had to ride around for the last 10 kilometres to qualify for the Olympics and we had to qualify, yeah, top 14 and I think we finished 13th in the end. And so, ooh, almost blew it. But, um, yeah, that was a hard final 10K, that's for sure. I made a quote while he was off, going off to hospital, and it was, um, barring an accident, if we ride together in Sydney, we will win. For me, it was very different because uh, it was about halfway through the year that we, we realised my daughter was dragging one leg as she was crawling, and we didn't quite know what was wrong. It was actually Christmas Eve. Um, the diagnosis came um, and the first diagnosis was that she had cerebral palsy. This is Ashley? Ashley, yeah, my daughter Ashley. Uh, that was hard enough as it was. Uh, within four weeks after that we found out it was Rett syndrome. But it was a neurological disorder which affected communication, speech, coordination um, and the more I looked into it the more I realised how debilitating it was. Uh, I pretty much had made up my mind there and then I, was, I wasn't going to the Olympics. Uh, and the only reason that changed was because of my family um, who supported me through it and, and convinced me that this was, they couldn't live with me if I didn't go because uh, it had been something that I worked for so hard for so long. From the moment my family said to me, we want you to go. That was, that was a moment, it changed, changed my whole year. I, um, I knew then, there and then that every post was gonna be a winner. We had a, a, a label, label maker and I, I made up this one label um, and it said unbreakable. And I, because I knew every time that I was about to break or that a teammate was about to break me um, in training, I would, put my head down, I'd look at that label and it would change my mindset. It would, uh, and I can honestly say I was never broken that year. And Scott, your world and Donna's world was about to change as well, wasn't it? Alexander's born? Uh, he was born and everything seemed fine. Three days later, they picked up a heart problem, um, which he needed immediate uh, procedure to correct. He had a narrowing of the aorta out of the heart, um, so they did that and then picked up some other issues and so he was transferred straight to the, immediately from the 
from the women's to the Royal Children's Hospital, had that procedure done. Um, and in the middle of all of this, we're trying to work out what's going to happen with the Olympic Games, whether I'll continue or not. Alexander was starting to, to be quite stable now. Um, he was looking okay. All they really needed to do was, was to fatten him up, get him a little bit bigger to start doing some of the other surgeries that he needed. Um, so Donna said, well, you've got to get back to Europe. You can't stay in Australia and prepare for the Olympic Games. You have to get back to Europe to train and race. So I went back over to Europe on my own. Um, and I'd been there for uh, a number of weeks doing some racing and training hard. And then Donna called me in the morning to say, um, look, he requires emergency surgery. Um, another procedure, you have to get back straight away. They're not very confident in how it's going to go. So I booked a flight that night, um, flew straight back to Australia. I got to Singapore airport knowing that the procedure would have already had taken place and um, called Donna to see how it went. And she said they nicked a valve in his heart, which put him into cardiac arrest and he's on life support at the moment, but effectively he's gone and they don't expect him. They didn't expect him to last through the night. I got on the plane, flew through the night to Melbourne, straight to the hospital, expecting to arrive to a, a, a son that no longer was alive. Um, I got there, to my surprise, he was still alive. Um, so he beat the odds of the doctors and got through the night and um, had 45 minutes with him um, and he passed away. It's 15 years on and still, you know, every time I talk about it, it's still... I gave up with that. Uh, I said to Donna, in the next couple of days, I said, well, that's it. Oh, there's no point anymore in going to the games. It was, it was, I was convinced that uh, something as trivial as sport just didn't matter anymore. And I didn't see the point in, in trying to continue. How did you? Um, Donna was amazing. Anyone that knows my wife will talk about how, how strong she is as a person. Um, and after we'd buried Alexander, she said, we're going to do this. You are going to continue. And we will go back to Europe and you will continue training and you will go to the Olympic Games because if we get to the end of this year and you haven't at least tried, then we'll have nothing. Alexander will still be gone and you won't have gone to the Games. Maybe she had enough foresight to think, where would I be in 10 years' time if, if I had given it all up? So 11 weeks out before the biggest race of your life, the Sydney Olympics. Brett's unbreakable. He's training like he's never trained before, perhaps. Were you as stable in your training or not? If I was to label you know, my bike computer, it would have been broken. Because um, that's, I, I was, I felt completely broken. Did you ever doubt he was the right man to? No, I never, never ever doubted. Because I knew he was already one of the best six-day riders in the world. I knew he, I knew Scott wasn't at his best. I knew I knew he, in the you know for months, that he wasn't at his best. But I knew I was at my best. Scott, what did you do on the morning of the race? I was pretty much at rock bottom. 
and you know, you're in the, the in the Olympic Village. You know, woke up that morning, so we're sharing a room, and I remember waking up, uh, looking across at Brett, um, and I, you know, I, I kind of assumed he was still asleep, and under my breath, I whispered, um, "Look, I'm sorry, mate." I, I, re I really thought that I was going to let him down. I thought I wasn't in a, a physical or mental state to, to do what we came there to do. I, I never noticed it. I was so centred on me doing my job. An hour and a half before the biggest race of your life, tell me what you did. I walked into the track full of self-doubt and seeing my family made me think, hang on a minute, I, I can't start this race with this attitude. I've gone from full of, being full of self-doubt to just telling myself to wake up. You know, OK, if you, you, you may not be at your 100%, um, but the race is going to start. You know, there, I've got responsibilities. You know, we've got to look after Brett as well. We've got to get out there and do this thing. I turned a switch, and from that moment, I got on the, the, the home trainer to do the warm-up, started getting ready, and I was preparing like we were the team that were going to win. I remember looking at the... Um, all the other riders that were lining up. And I looked at them and just thought to myself, you guys are suckers. And there was a, it was a feeling there. Like I, when Scott talks about meeting the family, that was, that was, a, that was a turning point even on that day. Because uh, I remember I walked up to Natalie and Ashley and Ashley just looked up at me and she gave me the biggest smile I've ever seen. And, and right there and then that, that, that concreted exactly everything I'd worked for, everything, uh, everything I'd done you know, to, to get to where I was. And I just had this feeling from that, from that moment on that, um, that it was meant to be. This is a gold medal for Australia, and you win this last sprint. He's going for it. There's the change. In goes Scott McGrory. Can he get up? It doesn't matter if he doesn't, because you're looking at the new Olympic champions here, and there's gold the medal. two absolute, a gold medal for Australia. Well, 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 well. What a superb performance. There was no luck attached to that. You know, we've had certainly the, the hardest year of our life this year, and it's been an incredible fight to get back to this point. And, you know, we both seriously thought that... We did it for our kids. We, we, mate, we wouldn't make tonight it. Tonight was just unreal. We were spurred on by, by our family, and there was just a, the strength of them that brought us through. All the emotions just uh, flew in, and Scott... Um, I think it really hit home for him, you know, it was an emotional moment. I remember um, Donna, and you can see her, she mouths the word on, words, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a moment that, you know, you just never forget. Actually, in my arms like that, it's... Uh, it was a... Uh, it's the one day that you just never, ever want to forget. And, and, and that's the thing is, is that we had a lot to ride for that day. So Brett, some years after the Olympics, you had further complications with your beautiful daughter, Ashley. Winning the Olympics gave me the belief that I could do anything. It was, it was an incredible moment for me because I, it was all, I always believed it was my destiny to win the Olympics and I know how corny that sounds, but um, it, it's the way I always felt. Uh, so it gave me this 
crazy belief about life and, and, and that, uh, that I could you know, make anything sort of happen, I guess. But, uh, but there was this reality that, um, that we had to deal with, which was called Rett Syndrome. I think the Rocky Balboa movies, you know, uh, where Rocky says something like, um, you know, nothing's ever going to hit you harder than life itself is, uh, is very true. Ashley ended up developing uh, this thing called scoliosis, uh, which, um, which you know, was a curvature of the back and, um, and started to affect her ability to be able to, um, to breathe and, um, and just put a lot of pressure on her internal organs. And we knew there was going to come a point in time where we had to correct that. 2009, uh, when, when she went in for back surgery uh, to put in two rods in her back, uh, she was she was in for the surgery, and I I was I was at work at the time, and then and then I took over for the night, um, and and within 15 minutes of, of being at the hospital, the a lot of uh, doctors and nurses started surrounding Ashley, and um, uh, it was a it was a it was a very it was the toughest night of my life, but um, with it, probably within 15 minutes they were resuscitating her. And um, that rolled on to three days of life support. Um, and um, yeah, that was, that was the toughest moment for me. So Brett, you lost Ashley that night and an incredible tragedy for you and Natalie, and you're really determined to try and to beat this thing, this Rett syndrome. It is a debilitating disorder that it affects roughly one in 10,000 girls. Uh, it only affects girls. And Brett, ironically, in a way, because of your incredible physiology, you know, you're the elite of the elite of the elite, and suddenly later in life there's a problem for you and you can't ride the bike now. Yeah, an aorta dissection. It's, uh, it's like a hole or a split in the, uh, in the main artery and uh, it happens to be right near my belly button. It's, uh, they've, it's extremely rare, they've never seen it before. It means the end of my, my athletic career in total, where any, any sport at all. Yeah, roughly two years ago now that I was uh, diagnosed with this. I'm now a sassy head coach of cycling. Be hard to be under breath, <laughs> hard taskmaster. Uh, VO2 of 93 would expect something similar from these athletes. You now have twin girls. Are, are they tough to handle? Yeah, they're coming up to 11 this year. How are they year going? And, uh, I'm finding a, they're, they're extremely hard to ha handle. <laughs> Good. They're normal. <laughs> they're um, normal. Yes. <laughs> Is it Cadence and Brianna? Cadence and Brianna, yes. Uh, yeah. And You've got a couple of daughters too. Yes, um, Madalena and Leilani, 12 and 6. You both have two daughters each, so what's life like for you now? I, I think it's gone full circle in a way. It's, um, you know, the, I'm still in the sport I love, you know, the, the sport that I've, I've been in for 37 years now. And, um, and uh, it's amazing how things come around and uh, I, I'm enjoying what I do. Well, I get to commentate on the athletes that he's producing now. So what a great connection that is. It's um, same situation, two beautiful daughters that uh, I love to death and an incredibly strong 
and sometimes perhaps overly strong wife of mine, but um, <laughs> she's gorgeous as well. So you look, life for the McGrory's is, is going really well. And, and listening to you today, the role of Natalie and Donna, I'm just, mm. I'm just in awe of two women. Yeah. Well, we, we got a gold medal each out of it. You know, and it goes down as eight, one gold medal for, for cycling at the Olympic Games. But, um, you know, there were certainly two teams from both sides and both um, Donna and, and Natalie, they deserve as much of the gold medal as we get praised for. Mm. That's for sure. Finally, 2020, where will you be? Mm. Um, well, I hope I'm in Tokyo commentating alongside you, Bruce. That'd be good. I hope I'm there with you. <laughs> oh, I hope I'm in Tokyo helping a, an Olympic athlete achieve their dream. Lovely getting together again. Always is. It is, yeah. It always is, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a mutual respect there that we've... We've gone through something that was greater than just a sporting moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, uh, it, it wasn't just about winning the, the gold medal at the end of the day. It was, it was everything that we went through on the journey towards that moment. Beautiful answer. It has been such a pleasure. I mean, uh, an incredible story. An incredible story with so many highs and so many lows, but congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce.